This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there, Peabody here, and this is the Wayback Machine for traveling through time, and this is my boy, Sherman. Speak, Sherman. Hello. Good boy. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and you may have heard of ETFs, but have you heard of ETFs gone wild? Today, to talk about the new, new thing in trading, we welcome the head of managed accounts at Fidelity Investments, Rich Compson. In our headlines, we'll dive into the world of personal finance influencers. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to Annalise, who's wondering about how to decide who gets to be her 401k beneficiary. I'm assuming to leverage for more breakfast in bed. And then we'll check out my hot new trivia. And now two guys who were helping you stack Benjamins before it was cool. Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe Salci. I ever Joe Money on Twitter. And across the card table from me, the guy helping you bring it home like helping the old lady cross the street or whatever. <laughs> it's Mr. Mr. OG. Oh it was like, that was like listening to you trip and fall across the street. I think I did. I think I got ran over halfway through that sentence. How are you? What's happening? You know, I don't even, I don't even know how to reply. So what's happening. We're going to talk about the new, new thing. OG. remember when you began as a financial planner and ETFs were the new, new thing. I do. Yes. Well, now Rich Compson from uh, Fidelity is here to talk about is direct investing. The new, new, new thing. Doug thinks this speedo apparently that he's wearing at the table uh, is the new, new, new thing. And I'm saying it's not, I think it's not summertime. You come from the pool to record a podcast. That's just how we roll. We've got that. We've got a great headline. So uh, let's get moving. But first, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. 
State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, Staggers, is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience. My good friend, Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do. A shout out to, he is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? A Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, here's a disclaimer. You got to join and open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. So get on it, stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open. Maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things. They offer 24-7 help for their U.S.-based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to NavyFederal.org for full terms, conditions, and other offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA Equal Housing Lender. All right, Rich Compson from Fidelity Investments is here talking about the new, new thing. Is direct investing the new, new thing? We're about to hear about it, so let's roll. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our headline today, guys, comes from uh, Investment News. This is written by Joanne Cleaver. Isn't Joanne Cleaver Beaver Cleaver's mom? Are we now we're way too old. Now we're like 1950s, right? That's getting there. Yep. We are way, way ahead of our skis. Uh, this is a piece of investment news. Why finfluencers? You guys ever heard that term finfluencer? Finfluencers. The Fintern says it about himself all the time. Well, he definitely is a finfluencer. Why finfluencers, financial influencers, especially resonate with women and minorities? Th- this is what caught me here. It wasn't actually the piece because I think it's interesting and and great that we're bringing people to the table that often feel left out. What I find uh, disturbing is what I see in financial media a lot now, which is style often trumps substance, Joanne writes, for personal finance commentators on social media platforms, though some are blending the best of digital and traditional advice. I love the idea, OG, of, uh, of combining maybe some humor, maybe some pretty pictures, maybe some good stuff. But here's what I don't like. Uh, listener just sent this to me. This is what I'm seeing when we talk about style Trump substance. Check this out. 
Something that seems illegal, but really isn't. I'll go first. Did you know you can pay your kids up to $12,200 per year, income tax-free? As long as they're doing something business-related, whether it's data entry, managing your social media, or even modeling for your marketing. And maybe some of you knew that, but did you know this? You- so far, by the way, seems pretty good, doesn't it, OG? Yeah, I mean, there's an asterisk there, but yeah, okay, it's, it's factual. Find a job for your kids to do. Seems like it should be illegal, but it's not. It's not illegal. I mean, there, to your point, some asterisks, some things that you probably should do. So, mm-hmm. so far, we're, we're, we're halfway through the video. I'm loving it. By the way, this has a ton of views. This has come up in my feed, this same video, four different times now. This, this video has a ton of you views. You should stop hitting refresh on it. I, I probably, probably should. Yeah. But uh, let's listen to the second half of this. Place that same $12,200 inside a compound interest account each year and let it grow tax-free while participating in some of the highs of the market without any of the lows because of a 0% floor. Some of the highs. It's true. It's called an indexed universal life insurance policy, and I have one for each one of my six kids. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you create generational wealth. Oh, and just a side note, you can stop contributing by the age 18 and they'll still retire with a million dollars. Hey, what's cool is this is how I create uh, intergenerational wealth, OG, for me on the commissions on this product. I create I a am going to retire in style if I can get a lot of people to buy this from me. This is what makes me angry when I read something about women and minorities loving the fact that Finfluencers are online and they're attracted. That's a good thing, right? We're bringing more people to the table, but then we bring them to the table and we feed them garbage, just absolute garbage like this. Well, I guess we know that uh, stacking Benjamins will still exist long into the future to combat the idiocy of uh, this nonsense. Because we're the truth tellers. Well, I, I mean, I'd like to think so. I mean, I hope so. One of us is. I, I hope so. That's kind of, that's kind of, it's got the only reason I do this crap with you two idiots is to uh, preach the good news. I mean, this is, it's super frustrating. And then you layer on top of this. I know we talked about this probably a month ago, but then you layer on top of it, the compliance associated with it. And you've got zero compliance on the, for insurance salespeople or almost nothing. And you've got insane compliance for brokers you know, because they kind of manage to the lowest common denominator. And then you've got investment advisor or investment advisory firms that are kind of in the middle that run their own compliance, but are still so, you know, gun shy because of the fact that you hear about stories of things where people put the wrong stuff down or said the wrong thing. And, and all of a sudden, you know, it's a $800,000 fine by the SEC. So, so where do you, where do you land on that? in terms of trying to do the right thing, trying to combat that. If you watch that and you think that that's baloney like I do, you know, how do we fight that within the rules? And then also with, you know, with the fact that at uh, running Stacking Benjamins for you, Joe, is a full-time job. For you, Doug, it's a something less than a full-time job. It's interruption to my nap time. <laughs> it's interruption to nap time. You know, and then we've got the planning firm that we do. So, I mean... Where do you stuff all of that and combat the guy or the gal, in this case, the guy who's got 
however many millions of views. And that's what's scary. More and more people are turning to these channels, these these great video channels for their financial advice and for the truth. Compound interest account. Dang it. I wish I would have thought of something creative like that. I'm going to call it the uh, tax-free compound money account. TM. Tax-free compound money account TM. TM. <laughs> I trademark tax-free money compound money growing account. Basically a Roth. Don't tell anybody. T-F-T-T-C-M-I- yes. T-M. It's a Roth IRA. TM. I'm, I'm actually, I'm kicking myself right now for not forwarding you a reel I saw last night as I got sucked into the black hole of doom scrolling. But the other thing that seems to be happening in reels everywhere, but also I'm noticing in in the financial world is people are making a reel of just it's, it's them filming themselves reacting to another video. So it's like a split screen and you'll have, you'll have the person saying like the original content. And then they're just sitting there nodding their heads or making facial expressions and reacting to stuff. And last night I saw this one of, it was a woman filming herself watching a guy on stage talking about whole life insurance policies and how then you can get income from i probably got the wrong product but his whole stance on it was the government doesn't want you to know about this because all of the income you get from it is a hundred percent tax-free and the reason they have such strict laws about advertising those products is because if everybody bought them they'd have no more tax income to fund their programs and she's just on the side (laughs) nodding her head her her neck's about to break she's nodding so vigorously like this is the government trying to f you man and, and there's this guy on stage. I don't know who he was pitching Little to. Little do you guys know, I found this one thing, yeah. just me and you, yep. and I'm going to share it with just you. And I was mad on four different levels watching that thing, and why I didn't send that to you guys, I don't know, because there's a whole episode right there. That's funny, Doug, because as you say that, as I was watching this video, and let's play the beginning again. What's something that seems illegal, but really isn't? I'll go first. I was going to I was going to say... I was thinking that I would make a video where this guy starts off saying that what's something illegal, what's something that should be illegal, but isn't it? And I'm going to stop it and go this video, this video should be illegal and it's not. Yeah. That's a good idea. Do it. Cause it's Why wouldn't you? so good. Yeah. We'll do the side by side and then me, Doug, like right. nodding, you know, uh, shaking my head. No, no, and no, And then no, we'll no. redo it. We'll split the screen again, and I'll have me watching you, watching him, and I'm reacting. Oh, boy. And then we'll just keep on, yeah. Yeah, and Doug, if we get three other people to watch, then you and I will no longer have to watch the guy. <laughs> then we sit back with our feet up. That's right. And the just money pours the money in. You. Just have to get three friends, and who doesn't Who doesn't like TikTok? <laughs> the, video, the videos videos all get made. Let's talk about why this is bad, because I was realized is. You know, we're talking about this joker here, to put it nicely. Some people might not know, OG, why what he's talking about is bad. Paying your kids to do legitimate work is legal. He is right there. Yeah. I mean, firstly, you need to own a business. (laughs) There's no benefit for you to pay your kids. I mean, I guess maybe you could finagle it somehow, but you need to be a business owner. So if you're not a business owner... Do not pass go. (laughs) It's like you're done with this conversation. But what he's talking about is if you're a business owner and you own a printing shop, you can employ your kids. You can employ anybody. You can employ your neighbor's kids if you want. You can employ old people, young people. doesn't even matter, right? So the game that he's talking about is saying, well, are your kids really doing $12,000 worth of work? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. 
let's maybe they're doing like 6,000 worth of work, but you can kind of juice it a little bit to 12,000 and wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) The IRS is none the wiser. So that's what I meant about the asterisk. You can pay your kids. You can pay anybody to do anything as long as it's like legitimate work with a legitimate price, right? You're not going to pay your kids 1500 bucks an hour to take the trash out. That's not a normal hourly rate for janitorial services. You're not going to pay your kids. He says, you know, use your kids for modeling for your social media for your business. Okay. But you've got to have an idea of what that actual cost would be to go hire a model to do it. You know what I mean? And it's got to be in the somewhere in the same ballpark. Yeah. And to your point, OG, $12,000 a kid, he says he's doing it for six of his kids. He's paying his kids allegedly $72,000. Right. And they have to be over the age of seven. That's the IRS. IRS has said, if you're under seven, you're really not able to do actual work. I mean, just think about it. If you're doing... You know what what what's a good hourly rate for a miner? I don't even have any idea. Ten bucks an hour, twenty bucks an hour? Probably somewhere in it's there. It's a lot of work. How many hours are you working in order to make twelve grand if you're paying your kid ten bucks an hour? You know, and you need to make sure that you have it documented. And you know, again, if it's somewhere in the ballpark, your kid's fifteen and doing your social media content, like, okay, that's that checks, right? Like that kind of sort of makes sense. If you say my seven-year-old is taking the trash out and, you know, emptying the trash cans and filling up staplers at 10 bucks an hour, <laughs> you know, it's like, how many staplers do you have? You know, how many trash cans do you have in your business? Like you'd have to work 1200 hours. That's half time to be able to pull that off. Right. And my Doug's frowning. No, 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 I'm not at all. I'm uh that's my RBF. But no, I'm just thinking about like, how about $10 a tooth from the tooth fairy? I feel like the IRS needs to step in on that too, because that's worse. Turns out we, uh, we actually had reverse, we had deflation in the tooth fairy land the other, uh, at our house. Nice. Um, Thank you. Be- because we, so when you, your daughter lost a tooth just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Two, as a matter of fact, for whatever reason, the wife went. The wife went in the wallet, and and I had twenties and twos. So she decided on the two, and I'm like, "You didn't give two twos." She's like, "No, just one." I'm like, "Yes, yes, exactly. That's a that's a good wife right there." That's we we set the bar for everybody else. We're back down to twos now, just so everybody knows. It used to be quarters, obviously, and then it was fives. And now it's back down to twos. But anyways, so back to this this dude here. So paying your kids legitimate, but you know you got to keep good records. Is it worth? getting in trouble with the IRS over the fact that, you know, you don't keep good records. And then on the, well, even if you, yeah, the second half of that, OG. Yeah. So then, so then he talks about buying life insurance for your kids with cash value. It's like, why do you need life insurance? If you have an obligation to pay some sort of expenses, if you get hit by a bus, right? I have life insurance because I have a mortgage. I've got kids that I need to send to college. I've got employees that, you know, need to be taken care of. So I have life insurance if you don't have a mortgage or you don't have a family to take care of financially, what's the point of having life insurance? There's no benefit. And you can say, well, there's no cost. You know, the cost is really low to buy life insurance for a 10 year old. Yeah. But it's still a cost. Yes. There's still some cost associated with it. So why would you not have the zero cost option and put the money in a Roth IRA? That doesn't cost anything. Is there any advantage? I'm just trying to find a small light at the end of that. Cause I agree with you. This sounds totally 
like the right approach. You shouldn't make money off of your child's death, right? Other than paying for maybe burial expenses. But is there yeah, any there's nothing advantage? wrong with that either. I mean, like if you, you know. There's nothing wrong with making money off your kid dying. No, that's not what I mean. I mean. There's, <laughs> it's like, wow. If you're, that got dark in a hurry. What if your kid is a superstar of some kind? You know, then there's some obligation there, right? It's like, it's more likely that they get injured than die. Right. But no, but my question on the end of that was going to be, is there any advantage to getting them a policy when it is, you know, when they don't have all of the health implications or complications they might have when they're 30? Like, could you, by getting them a policy early and then can you transfer it to them so that then they take over when they become young adults and now they have a policy at a really low premium? Or is that not even a thing you can do with life insurance? No, I mean, that's a sales strategy, but it's completely BS because, how much life insurance do you think you need at, you said 30, I'll say 40. If you're a mid-career professional with two kids and a big mortgage, millions of dollars, it's a big number. Can you buy millions of dollars of life insurance for your 10-year-old? No, the insurance company will not let you. So the whole idea of like, well, I'll just get it now because, or the sales side of it of saying, well, just get it now in case something bad happens, they'll have some insurance. And then they'll be like, it won't be a lot, but it'll be something. It will be nothing. If you add up like inflation over the next 30 years and go, well, I got my kid this $25,000 policy. So at least they get that. At least they have that. It's nothing. It's $0 in the rounding error. Okay. Is there a product available where you buy it for a 10 year old at 25K and then they can, now they're in and then they, when they want to take it over, can they up the amount and still have it at a lower cost than if they were to start fresh as a 30 or 40 year old? No, because all insurance is priced based on age and, and, uh, risk factors and, and, uh, and the benefit, the, the probability. So if you have the $25,000 one and, and again, this is the, like, you've already got it. You can increase it later if you pro- provide insurability, right? So they're going to just reprice it and say, Oh, well now you're 25 and you want a million dollars. Sure. Let's take your blood and height and weight and your analysis. And oh, okay, yeah. Here's how much it will cost. You're starting over. And I, and and it's also a big giant. You know, it's just a scare tactic to say, well, what if your kid can't get life insurance? I mean, it's so rare. I mean, it happens, and you can. I'm certain that there's somebody that can go. Well, that happened to my family. Like, okay, it's true. It happens, but yeah. it's very rare. So yeah. it's a just a conny sales thing to say. And then notwithstanding the fact that you don't need life insurance, it has some costs associated with it. And then the third thing is, is that the money that gets invested here does not grow like market rates. It just simply can't. Yeah. And that's where, OG, I think this guy's lying is when he says, hey, you get the stock market upside, but there's a floor. You never lose money. What people don't realize is how much you pay for that floor. Yeah. You pay in upside. (laughs) That's what happens. If you take away all the risk associated with any sort of investment... There cannot be the same. It just has to make sense to you in your soul that (laughs) if you take away risk, you cannot have the same upside. You cannot have the same return without having the same risk product to product. It just does not exist in the universe. Otherwise, legitimately, everyone and their brother would do it. Bernie Madoff figured it out. Yeah, exactly. So you just can't, you know, it just has to sort of be intuitive to you that if you take away all the downside, you also must be taking away upside. And in this case, what happens is you say, well, you're not going to have any zeros or anything worse than a zero. And you get the upside of the market, asterisk, up to a certain percentage of the market. Most of these are 25% of the market returns. 
So the market grows at 10, you get two and a half. Market grows at 20, oh, and also they cap it. So it'll be like upside of 25% up to 3%. So market grows at 30, you don't get 30. You don't get 25% of 30, you get three because that's the cap. Effectively, it works out to be much more of a fixed income asset class than an equity asset class. And so all of the assumptions that people use of like, I'm going to grow this money tax-free, you know, yada, yada, yada at 10% and ha, 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 I never have any negatives. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to slay it. You know, it's just completely wrong. And then when you go to take the money out, yeah, it's tax-free because it's a loan. Just like going to your house and saying, I'm going to get tax-free money out of my house. So you loan it back to yourself, which again, affects the death benefit, which is the reason you'd have the stupid life insurance to begin with is because of the death benefit. And so now you've cratered that cash value. You're going to have to start paying premiums again later in life. So there's a time and a place for permanent life insurance. This, you know, on your kids is not one of them ever, 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 ever. I will die on that hill. It's funny, Ojeek, because I've seen people buy insurance on their, on their kids, responsible people. And these are people that, uh, are pretty smart. Um, they're just very, very, very conservative. And I think, okay, there might be worse things you can do with your money, but I'm with you. I'm, I'm still not a fan of it. If you choose to do it because that's what you choose to do because of whatever reason, hey, that's on you. There it is. But if you get schnookered into doing it because you believe that this thing is some kind of like double secret thing, the IRS doesn't want you to know about it if they wrote it down then everyone would do it and the government would collapse so they don't tell anybody, but I'm the one that knows. That person has a special place in hell. Absolutely. If anybody ever buys a product at all that is based on the government doesn't want you to know this. Like if, if that is the sales pitch that you fall for, you, you need something. Tax tricks. The government doesn't want you to know. Hey, knucklehead, who do you think put the tax tricks into the law? It is the people in the government who wrote it. So they, in fact, already know. And the reason they're there is because the Congress people like to use them, too. Are you I saying I shouldn't I mean, have bought those UFO videos? They didn't want me to know about those, either. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be knocking on the door now, Doug. Now that now that you let it fly, that, that you actually have those FBI videos. FBI raid coming your way. Here they come. Uh, is this uh, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug? house uh we need to confiscate your vcr swarm swarm it's not even vcr we need to we need to confiscate your reel to reel is that audio doug's only? got like the last reel to reel tapes reel to reel audio only no what's the what's funny. the little film strips that uh you know eight millimeter the zabruda <laughs> film <laughs> i got a copy of the zabruda film <laughs> that's it that's where he not only has ufos he has bigfoot as well yeah <laughs> Might as well, might as well take all of them. So depressing. I feel like the responsible people in the industry not keeping up. I love the headline that uh, people are attracted to more of the new media, but the new media comes with this big downside that you have clowns like this person. Very frustrating. Uh, we will link to this video on our show notes page so you can take a look if you, if you want to want to see this guy spewing garbage. Uh, I don't know if we should link to it, but, but, but we will, by the way, thanks to Alan for sending that our way saying, Hey, sounded good. He, he sent me this message going, sounds good to you get halfway through. And Alan, I totally agree. Uh, coming up next, 
Man, there was a time, OG, back in the 1940s when mutual funds were the new, new thing. It was pretty cool that the average investor could do what big investors have known for a long time, which is they can diversify their investments. And of course, then the mutual fund industry grew out of that. Then exchange traded funds, as we had Robin Rigglesworth on earlier this spring, talking about the advent and the creation of exchange traded funds. Exciting there. Now, because of zero cost, Fidelity Investments exploring direct trading, and they're not the only ones. Can you have a mutual fund without actually buying the mutual fund? Can you get diversification? And it's personalized and not just a separate account with a manager attached. We'll talk to Fidelity Investments about that. Uh, but first, to get there, Doug, I think you got some trivia for us. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. You already know if you want the heads up on the new, new thing, I'm your guy. Sure, I'm late on a couple of trends, but I'm also stubborn, so I hang in there till it comes back. I got my bell bottoms on right now. Joe and OG are always talking about creating a plan and sticking to it. I am sticking to the plan I made in 1982. It's like Yacht Rock. Oh, I've got the rock. Now all I need is that f***ing yacht. Today, coming in during 1982 is the birthday of our writer, Paulette Perhatch. And since she writes the show, I guess I have to pretend I wanted to talk about it. It's also the birthday of her twin, supermodel Giselle Bündchen. While Paulette has been one of the lowest paid podcast writers in the world, Giselle has been the highest paid model on the globe for 14 years running, according to People Magazine. Giselle is married to Tom Brady, pretty much the most successful quarterback in the history of the NFL, who's won seven Super Bowls. So my question is, who earns more, Giselle or Tom Brady? I'll be back with the answer after I Google some photos of this Giselle. You know, his research. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. 
I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because... Well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Hey there, stackers. I'm top-earning model airplane mogul and football super nacho champ, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Much like Paulette plus seven decimal places, Giselle and Tom Brady have a combined net worth of $650 million, according to SportsSkeeda.com. Great research, Paulette. Turns out for all the practice, all the running, all the throwing, all the hits taken, who are we kidding? Nobody lets them hit Tom Brady. Tom Brady has a measly $250 million bucks. That means his wife, for all the uh, um, modeling, as well as beauty, fragrance, publishing, and clothing deals, is worth an estimated $400 million. So who's worth more? Giselle. You hate to see a woman like that with a deadbeat mooch like Brady. Jeez. And now, we have someone who's here to help you make supermodel money, Rich Compson from Fidelity Investments. And Rich Compson from Fidelity Investments joins us. How are you, man? It's great. Can't beat it. It's a great summer so far. Oh, isn't it fantastic? It's a time when I think about investing more and being outdoors. Exactly. And I know the markets are a little scary right now, but hopefully we're going to turn that corner. Just tell me that's a prediction, Rich, and it's going to be next week. Just let me know that. (laughs) I I hope that for all of us. (laughs) I, I know that's two of us, right? Well, let's dive into a little history so we can get to the future, because I'm really excited about this discussion of where the future of uh, money management is headed, where the future of investing might be headed. So we started off, you know, the 1940s rolls around and, and we see mutual funds really come stage center. And this is really cool because the average person can now do what rich people have known for a long period of time, right? I can diversify and get rid of a lot of risk. Tell me a little bit about mutual funds, though, and why why then the move that we're seeing today, so many people moving toward the next stage, which was really exchange-traded funds. Yeah. I mean, if you think about mutual funds, it allowed the average investor just to get broad exposure to the market. Um, it would have been very challenging to do that otherwise, because if you think about the average price of a stock and some of the more expensive stocks out there, if you had $5,000 to invest it would be very difficult to build a diversified portfolio. By putting that into a pooled vehicle, you are now able to access multiple different stocks and diversify yourself. So that was a big win in just your basic uh, mutual fund. And then if you think about ETFs, um, mutual funds, you'd buy them once a day and you could invest for the long term. But if you really wanted to buy during the day or have a smaller slice of the market, ETFs really allowed you to trade that real time um, when you wanted to buy. So if you're looking at price movement in the market, you could you could take advantage of that. So there's been that slow evolution. Yeah, I actually have a, a couple of questions there because being able to trade during the day clearly, and I can watch it all day long, but it seems to me partially rich, especially when we talk about behavior, 
like this is a perceived advantage, not so much a real advantage. Like if I can, if I can watch my stuff all day and obsess over it and maybe trade it two or three times a day, I might be doing something a little wrong. I think that's right. And I think if I look at ETFs more broadly, you know, they, they created little finer slices of markets you could take advantage of. So if you wanted to buy a slice of tech stocks, you could do that. Or if you wanted to buy a slice of industrials, you, you could, they, they were able to break down a little bit of these uh, more discrete parts of the market that allowed. So I think that's how most people use them. And we use ETFs in our broad managed account advice products. And it's really about how do we want to get different exposures and they complement some of the other products we have out there today. So I think for most investors, that's probably the advantage of them. Mutual funds were nice for the new investor for a long time, too, because they introduced this idea, Rich, that you'd have somebody looking over your portfolio, right? You'd have this manager who was, who was taking care of you. And for the average person who would get the news a day late, I mean, I still remember early in my career going to get the Wall Street Journal in the morning to see how we did you know, yesterday, how, how things looked. Now we can watch it minute by minute. Are you seeing the need for that person watching the portfolio? Is that need decreasing or is it still around or does it depend on really what your goals are? I think over the last 10 to 20 years, we've seen a growing need for advice um, and help. And in part, I think if you look at the broad picture over time, more and more, the burden of saving for retirement and other goals has been shifted to the individual those are complex things that our people are saving for and very important for them. So generally, we've seen that growing demand for advice. And then you couple that with the volatility in the markets that we've seen and how do you manage your way through the volatility in the markets. And we've seen multiple uh, market volatility spikes over the la last few years. And on top of that, there's also many more products to choose from. So how do you help the investor sort through the array of products that are out there today? Which is interesting because I think what you're saying is we saw in the 1940s advice kind of buttled with the product. But over time with the advent of the exchange traded fund and, and most of these being indexed, of course, we do have some actively managed products now in the ETF space. But with that, where they're mostly indexed is still having advice, but advice is kind of on the outside, Right where the product doesn't include that. It might be, it might be just an index or a slice, but the, but the nature of those two things has kind of changed, I feel, over time as well. That's right. There's advice on the individual fund itself because you're helping someone pick stocks to get that exposure. So if I use that example of, hey, I want to invest in a series of technology stocks, you could have someone helping you select those stocks. But then there's the advice, well, how does that fit into my overall portfolio? Because if I'm saving for retirement... I really wanted to be diversified across a bunch of different asset classes to control volatility in my portfolio or risk in my portfolio. So then there's the advice of, well, how do I put that solution together with other solutions to make sure that I'm really saving correctly for the long term? Now, the downsides of mutual funds, let's start off, I guess, with taxation, right? I might be buying, if I buy in the end of a bull market, I might be buying somebody else's wins. And then I end up saddled with a bunch of taxes that weren't mine. I think for some people in non-IRA accounts, this, this might be a problem this year, I would think. Yeah. I mean, I think that is one of the downsides of a mutual fund. A mutual funds in a retirement account are wonderful, right? Because you yeah. don't have to worry about some of those tax issues, but you do have to worry about the embedded gains that are in a fund and then realizing those as an investor. I mean, there's strategies to try to mitigate those and avoid some of those, but that's complex and it takes some sophisticated technology to be able to do that. So if you can avoid some of that embedded tax and just not carry that, 
that's a helpful strategy. And I know the ETFs are even more efficient, but let's let's cut to now more modern stuff away from ETFs because the next thing and the reason why we wanted to have you on is because I know back, and I haven't been a financial planner for a long time. It's been, what, 13, 14 years now since I was. We had some clients on the wealthier end that used something called separately managed accounts, where they had the individual stocks instead of having an ETF or a mutual fund. And the cool thing there, tax-wise, we could do tax loss harvesting. We could pick out certain things inside of there. I think now... You you guys are part of this wave of bringing this to a bigger mass of people? That's right. If you thought with a start with a separately managed account, which is basically like a mutual fund, but you hold all the individual stocks yourself, therefore you don't worry about buying in some of these embedded gains of the fund and what other investors have done. You buy the stock on its on day one, it's yours, and you step in it, and that's the cost you've paid for it. And typically those products were reserved for the more wealthy client, and it gets back to that diversification comment, to build a portfolio of 100 stocks or whatever, you had to have a certain amount of wealth to build that portfolio. So hence, separately managed accounts or these individual stock portfolios typically were more wealthy. What's really changed is two things. Um, One is the introduction of fractional shares. And fractional shares, just to simplify it, allows you to buy a part of a stock. So you can pool five investors, they can each buy part of the stock and you each own a part. And that breaks the price down and makes it more affordable for an investor to buy just a slice of a stock and therefore brings the minimums down for some of these products. So now you can have that diversified portfolio, you can hold 100 stocks, but you may only invest $5,000, but you're still getting that broad diversification. And you also get the benefit of not being in a pooled vehicle where you own that stock directly and you can avoid some of the other tax hurdles that we mentioned before. The other big thing that's been added on is the advancement of technology to really be able to manage these portfolios to an individual. So how do you take that portfolio and then trade it and keep it balanced? Your point about having a pro sitting on top that's constantly reviewing that portfolio, trading the portfolio, keeping the risk managed in the portfolio, looking for opportunity to do tax loss harvesting and techniques like that. There's sophisticated technology that can look at portfolios every day and really take advantage of movement in the market. So I'd say two things have really happened to be able to democratize these solutions. It's that using a fractional share, some more investors can buy it at a lower price. And then this advent of growing technology that can take a new type of product and bring it out to more customers. Is this, is this also, when you say the advent of fractional share buying, it seems to me that this all really started when we saw the industry really uh, go to zero fees, right? Go to zero trading fees kind of made all of this start to happen. Would that be wrong? I think it's related. Generally, there's been this trend towards how do you make investing more accessible to a broader audience? Lowering fees has happened. Lowering minimums across products has happened. And now actually breaking down the products to make them easier to purchase is also happening. I think the other key aspect has just been the growth and use of technology from an investing perspective. I mean, back in the day, it was check an application. You had, it was complicated to invest. Now you can do a lot of these products digitally. The new offering that we're offering, Managed Fit Folios, it's a separate account, but you can actually buy it online, invest online, and do all that as an individual investor without having to go through an advisor. So I think the advent of this growth of technology more broadly and the use of the internet and the web and mobile devices has really enabled this growth. That's so cool. That's pretty powerful. I can now just jump on my own computer and 
have my separately managed account. And let's talk about who this is right for and how this works, because I was walking with my spouse, Cheryl, yesterday. I was talking about how excited I was because I love talking about where we're headed next. And I said, but the one thing that confounds me that I hope Rich talks about is now, instead of having an, an index ETF where I have one line on my fidelity statement, I, I now have 300 things on my screen, right? I mean, is, am I wrong or how does that, how do I manage this perceived complexity? Yeah. So one of the things that we try to do is reduce the complexity in the investor. So as part of our pitch, we talk about auto everything. And, and there's a few things that, that we do for clients to make this more simple so that you get some of the benefits of a pooled mutual fund. I mean, think about the, the benefits of pooled mutual fund. One, if you want to make a purchase, you automatically spread it. You don't have to worry about spreading it across the stock. So yeah. if you buy one, and the, if you add money to one of these accounts, we automatically diversify you across the accounts. If you need to take money out, we automatically take the money out across the accounts. We try to suppress things like any communications and voting on proxies if you want to. So we'll take care of that. We do things like, to your point online, where you can see all the holdings or you can roll it up and just see the strategy, just like oh, a fund. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah so we're yeah. trying to do a series of things. You have the benefits of having holding the individual securities, but then can look at it on a more simplified basis as needed. How is this better than, Rich, than owning an ETF? I think I get it, but I don't think that we've really explained it to the stackers out there. Yeah, so I look at two primary benefits. One of them is around tax management. The way I would simply break that down is if you're holding an ETF, you're holding the whole market. So your ETF fluctuates up and down with the broad basket of securities in the market. So if the market's up 10%, you're up 10%. If you're down 10%, you're down 10%. When you start breaking that basket apart and you hold 100 stocks, there may be 50 that are up and there may be 20 that are down, there 20 are flat. And what you can do is for the ones that are down, you can sell those and capture the tax loss related to that and use that to offset future gains and losses. Where in a pooled vehicle, you can't, you don't see those pieces because it's all moving yeah. together. And so that's one of the, the key advantages. And then, you know, you do a technique called tax loss harvesting, which is basically you take and sell those securities, you'll buy in a similar security. So you keep your profile looking the same or your risk the same. Then you have this loss that you can capture and use it to offset against other gains in your portfolio or other tax implications you might have broadly. So tax loss harvesting and that, and that extra tax advantage is key. So obviously, if you're in a taxable registration, that makes a ton of sense. The other key benefit is back to personalization. One of the key things we see is Yes, you might want to invest in all the stocks in the S&P 500, or one of the things we're seeing more and more is people that might have an environmental focus or an ESG mm. focus, and they want to put specific personalization, say, I don't want to hold that stock, or I want to avoid that industry or that category. One of the things that's it's hard to do in a mutual fund, you have to actually create a mutual fund for each one of those categories to be actually be able to exclude them or include them with this separately managed account or product. You can actually go into the digital experience and say, I want to exclude these categories or industries and invest towards a theme. So it just by holding the individual stocks more directly, it's much more easy to personalization. So boiling back up, it's about better after tax returns and then also about this greater degree of personalization. I love that personalization aspect, and I hadn't thought about that at all, Rich. I mean, it it seems to me, so on one hand, 
And I don't want to belittle this by using this as an analogy, and I'll tell everybody ahead of time this might be a poor analogy, but I remember when I first found out that I could buy Nike running shoes and I could choose my own color and I could put my name on them. And I wore those things so proudly, Rich, because they said me all over them, but it was still it was still backed by a shoe that was wearable that I could do. So you're saying this is a strategy just like an ETF that I can use. But if there's certain things that I don't want in it, it's it's very uniquely me. And to your point, we also put the guardrails on to keep, make sure that the risk and the returns of that portfolio still meet your objectives. Because we don't want you to do something like put your shoes on the wrong feet or wear the wrong yeah. size or whatever the right analogy is. But <laughs> right. um, so how do we give you that that personalization and then allow you to make sure you're on track and one of the analogies that I use, whether, again, to your point, whether it's good or bad, is like if you use Waze or a driving application, you often get multiple different routes. As a someone that's building products, my goal is to help someone get to their destination. The way to get people to destination is obviously get them on the uh, on a good route. But sometimes the best route is the one that the customer will, will stick with and feel vested in. And to me, by offering some of this personalization, it's a way to have the investor have a closer affinity and belief in their portfolio that they're more likely to stick in it because sometimes the route isn't as important as just staying on track to that destination. So um, for me, personalization is how do I, I bring my belief system into this solution to really have that investor connect with it and stay with it over time? Because we all know that that's the game. It's like you need to stay invested for the long term. It's it's funny you bring that up because I'm having a, uh, we'll call it a fight. It's not really a fight. A discussion on Twitter. Believe it or not, we're having a discussion on Twitter where nobody is is convincing the other person of anything, which never happens on social media, but about how important it is to just stick to your plan and have a plan that you believe in versus using some rules of thumb that you really don't care about. I'm much more... It, I think it's so the behavior piece of this can't be overstated. I want to ask you a question that everybody's yelling at their device about right now. Solutions like this, right, where there's there's more customization involved. What does the pricing structure look like then in in an investment like this versus an exchange traded fund or a, or a mutual fund? So we're using a basis point fee very similar to what you have in a fund. So if you think about a fund, it's some part of a percent. The fees for this product is 0.4% or 40 basis points in industry vernacular. It, you know, what we see over time is that most of the benefits from tax management cover all the costs. So, and typically people are getting more benefits from tax management than they're actually paying the expense. So yeah. for us, it's how do we return value to the customer? And while this product is new that we're making it digital, we've actually been We've had it actually out in the market since 2011 for wealth clients, just not using this fractional share technology. And we've seen that historically that 95% of our clients get more tax benefits than they pay in, in fees. And if you ask about what's the 5%, well, if you happen to buy a portfolio at the very bottom of a market and it shot up and you saw mostly you know, growth and you didn't see any losses, good for you. Those, those are the customers that don't have some of those tax benefits, but then you're, you're still getting the exact market returns too. So it's a little bit more expensive than an index fund, but the value you're getting is the tax management. And that's what the additional fees are for. Last question for you, which is, I'm just imagining the industry heading this way, heading toward more, more personalization. So I love discussing this. Where do you think we head after this? Like just put on your, you know, we're watching the Jetsons. It's 1968 or 70 and we're, we're sitting around. Well, I'm two years old, 1970, but we're watching the Jetsons and we're watching, um, 
these people talk to each other on television, which was crazy to me at the, at the time. The fact that we'd have this video thing like Zoom that we have every day now. Where do you think we go next? Where's the industry really headed when it comes to innovation? I'd say in this particular area, in this conversation around direct indexing and buying stocks, I look at this as the potential next generation of the mutual fund and how you can now atomize these products and then make them far more personalized than they were before and really connect investing more closely to people's values and interests um, with a level of control. So like we talked about the two levels of advice earlier, we talked about how you know, you can have someone help you buy this portfolio of stocks, but then a, a broad portfolio in both of those levels, we're also using these products inside of our broad advice products. So if you come to us and you're saving for retirement, we'll build you a portfolio that has a combination of mutual funds and these products. And for taxable accounts and other accounts, this now allows you to personalize your entire portfolio. So if you're saving for retirement, you can apply it across all of your accounts and your assets. So I think as this, these capabilities continue to become more mature, you'll see more and more of this personalization available. I mean, that doesn't mean they're always in a great place for mutual funds because they, mutual funds continue to have that simplicity. Sure, um, right. So I think this is a good complement to the investor that's looking for more of that greater um, personalization and the, maybe the concern about taxes. So they really go hand in hand. And if you look at our broad portfolios, they're really a combination of, of both. Then you look at other products that are emerging over time and you see direct indexing around things like crypto and alternatives and, and other products that if you think about the broad set of asset classes that you can imagine in these solutions over time, how do they adopt some of these similar capabilities and then the digital capabilities as well? So I think we'll see a continued growth to that. And again, to me, the thing that's probably most exciting is that the more we can build solutions to your Nike experience that the customer's in love with and more likely to stay with, I think that's a huge positive outcome for the industry over time because investing is challenging and the more you can have an affinity to what you're doing and um, be closer to what you're doing, I think that's helpful. And some investors are that way today because they're naturally interested, but others maybe yeah. less. And how do we help more investors get closer to their portfolios? Seems to be a great way to leave fewer people behind. At uh, Fidelity, where do I go on the website then to find out more about this specifically, Rich? If you do a search on Fidelity Direct Indexing or Fidelity Managed Fidfolios, you will find it. There's also a few articles that are out there you will find as well. There's some general education about direct indexing. But if you put in Fidelity Direct Indexing, you'll see both some industry articles as well as our solution. And on our website, if you want to go right to it, you can go to Fidelity and you go under products and manage Fidfolios. And boom, it's there. And by the way, if you are walking the dog right now as you're listening to Rich and I, we've got you covered. Go to our show notes page at stackybedjamins.com and we'll have the link there. And of course, in our newsletter, the 201, we'll have some of the deeper links there. Rich, thanks a ton about talking about really, I guess, I was going to say the future, but I guess the future's now. The future's now. Right. The future is here. Yeah. Thanks a ton, Rich. Thanks, Joe. This is Rebecca from Connecticut. Instead of stacking Hamiltons and Jacksons, I'd much rather be stacking Benjamins. Big thanks to Rich Compson for stopping by. Hey, let's uh, throw out the Haven Lifeline OG and tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first, OG. Oh, uh, this is the season of barbecue, man. So oh. we, we, got, we got it all going on. 
you know, eating outside, got little little hot dogs, grill, barbecue, brisket, ribs, pulled pork, and your favorite coleslaw. <laughs> Do you cue the vegetables? Do you grill those, oh, those yeah. up as well? Yeah, there's only a few things I wouldn't throw on there, but um, I don't like zucchini at all, and everybody in my family does, so like... Mm. They're like, ooh, let's grow up some vegetables. And I'm like, so onions and peppers and mushrooms? Sounds great. They're like, and zucchini. I'm like, no, you can take those and throw them right in the trash. But yeah, corn on the cob. Corn on the cob is really good on the grill. Yes. Turns into popcorn if you let it sit there too long. Oh, does it? Rare Mm. fact. (laughs) No, it doesn't. (laughs) It may not be true. Just no. Just don't don't try that at home, people. Cover it in oil. No, no, no. You set up your grill. You just cover it in oil. You shut the lid, crank it on high. No. And uh, party time. Please, all of our listeners in Indiana, write in to explain OG why that doesn't work. It's an entirely different piece of corn that would do that. I don't think so. Our listeners in Indiana or Iowa could be either or. I love that. Uh, Indiana, just one big cornfield, Doug. I've spent some time there. And yeah, it is. Yeah. Anything north of Indianapolis. Even south, about a couple hours south of Indianapolis, as far as oh. the eye can see. It's just ethanol, as far as you All can corn see. Field. Well, you asked OG that for a reason. Do you barbecue the vegetables? Me? Yes. No, they keep falling through. I don't know how you get... Oh, grill pan. Oh, yeah. We've got a, we've got a grill basket where when we make yeah. our zucchini, basket, yep. we, we invite OG over and have loads of zucchini. hey we're having dinner would you like to come over for dinner i get invited over all the time i'm like individually placing green beans on the grill to make sure they don't fall through it's a crosswise yeah yeah crosswise it's just and then you're flipping them come on you get the big basket the key is to put the basket on long before you put your vegetables on you got that thing needs to be like hotter than the hinges of hell and then you take your vegetables and that makes a noise like a deep yeah. fryer. Can we do that on the grill? Yes. Yes. It, the grill is very conducive for pouring buckets of oil all over fire. Sweet. I gotta... Do it next to the lake, though, so you can kick the grill into the water if you need to. I can hear Scott, the UL guy we have on every every fall to talk about fire safety, like screaming as he's listening to this. Just screaming. Basically, not... Phil, when you're going to deep fry your vegetables, make sure you fill the basket all the way to the top with oil. Because you don't want any leftovers. Like the way I do my, my deep turkey fryer. Yes. My deep fryer so for the turkey. it slashes the oil yeah. over, right. over the pan, onto the fire. That's how you get the flame-broiled flavor yes. of metal on your turkey for things. Just what you need. Are we supposed to be doing an ad read right now? Is that Call what this is? Called the Burger is? King effect. Oh, yeah. That's right. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first, uh, grilling, with your loved ones and your time. And that's why they've made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. You head to stackofbenjamins.com slash havenlife now to get a free quote. Their application is simple. It's online. You get an instant coverage decision. Prices are affordable. All policies issued by their parent company, Mass Mutual, which is more than 160 years old. Uh, today, we're going to go back to our Facebook group, The Basement. Great question here from Annalise OG. She says, I'm going over my 401k beneficiaries. My work policy states that if I've been married for over a year, I can't designate any portion of my vested account balances to go to any beneficiaries except for my spouse without their written consent. And even if I list someone else, it's not valid. Guess I shouldn't care because I'd like it to go to my spouse, but that seems strange to me. 
Is this common? That's that's the question. Annalisa, very smart in hiding the fact that she doesn't want to give her husband the money by saying, I really wanted to go there, just asking for I a mean, friend. I prefer it. I'm just <laughs> right. a friend asked me. Yeah. Asking for a friend. Is this common, OG? 100%. I mean, this goes back to the days where men were the primary earners and would uh, work their 30 years and then go get their pension. And then and then the company would say, well, do you want the pension to last for your lifetime? And it's a thousand bucks a month, or do you want it to last for years in your wife's lifetime? And it's 500. And the man would go, ah, oh, just give me the thousand. And then of course he'd die, you know, two months into retirement and leaving the, leaving his old lady with no money. And so they, they made it so that you can't disinherit your spouse that way. Or if you're going to try you uh, need to have them sign off on it. Let her sign off on it. Yes, uh, he can disinherit me. Yeah, yeah. So now the default for qualified plans is your spouse. And uh, not only will would require your spouse's signature, but also a notary, usually, to wipe them off of it. Huh. Even if you're trying to do something like leave it as a trust beneficiary, which some people would prefer to do for estate planning purposes, it makes it a little bit more challenging. But yeah, it's kind of sort of for protection for the spouse, but like you said, there's a way to do it. You just have to have somebody sign off on it and get it notarized. I can remember some, a couple of employers specifically were always sending out email reminders saying, make sure you designate a beneficiary because if you didn't, there was no beneficiary. So they didn't have that automatic thing. That was question number one that I was thinking of as you were saying, this is old as the hills, OG. And the second one was, it seems like the only group that could say, that could enforce sort of the automatic roll over to your spouse if you didn't say anything would be like the government like probate like a probate court would do that but not necessarily a a, an insurance company well it's erissa who would mandate workplace plans which i guess you know part of part of the government and 401ks are not super old they're only you know 1975 ish or so so it's still relatively new in, I think, every state, uh, some attorney will correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in every state, the default is your spouse. So if, you're, if your 401k provider was sending out emails going, hey, don't forget to designate a spouse or designate a beneficiary, that was, I suspect, more of a reminder of it's going to be your spouse unless you designate uh, something else. Okay. Instead of like, you know, if you, if you, get hit by a bus and you haven't designated any beneficiaries of any things, the court will step in and say, well, this obviously goes to your spouse, hmm. you know, and that's, I think that's where, you know, regular review from an estate planning standpoint, beneficiary review every couple of years makes a lot of sense because all of these companies are run by people that have computers and sometimes they make mistakes and stuff happens in your life, right? You, you go, well, my wife doesn't need any money. Her, her parents just passed away and gave her $17 million. So I would like my money to go to she sounds you know, my kids. Yeah, it would be a good day. I mean, not for her parents, obviously. but Everybody wins except the parents. <laughs> as long as you're still in good stead. I think you can make out like a bandit in that deal. But you know, maybe you want to you know, revisit it because you want to have it go to your kids or your nephews or something instead. And unless you look at your beneficiary designations every so often, you're not going to... You're not going to think about that. Annalise, thanks for the question. If you've got a question, you can, of course, go to our Facebook group like uh, Annalise did. Uh, Stackingbenjamins.com slash basement gets you directly to the URL that takes you to our group. Uh, However, you can also leave us a voicemail. Stackingbenjamins.com slash voicemail. And if you do leave us a voicemail, 
you'll receive the greatest money show on earth, Stacking Benjamins classic t-shirt, which is uh, just fantastic to see people around the country wearing this thing. Oh, gee, just a very, very. If they tuned into our YouTube channel and watched us, the, the video of us recording this, they could see me wearing one of those shirts. Oh, wait, they can't. Again, again. Yeah, some, someday. Doug, it's on the way. It's on the way. The check is in the mail. Just a couple more things here. Number one, speaking of Doug uh, doing the show live, if you want to join us on our YouTube channel, we got lots more going on there, including for the rest of the summer, we're doing the show live every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. You can join Doug OG and our contributors as we make the Friday show live. Uh, go to our YouTube page, subscribe, and hit that little bell that will notify you then when we are going live or when there's new stuff coming up on our page, which we are doing increasingly more and more over on YouTube. But if you're not here for YouTube videos, you're not here to talk about uh, the latest junk on TikTok that this horrible dude made like we talked about in our in our headlines, you are here because you really need to put together a better team for your money. OG and his team are taking clients. They can help you think bigger about your money. Head to stackingbenjamins.com slash OG for a link to their calendar and to get started on a better path with your money. All right. That's going to do it for today. Doug, I think you got it from here, man. What should we have learned today? Well, Joe, first, your 401k beneficiaries, check those today to ensure the right people are receiving your hard-earned funds if you can't spend them yourself. Second, the new new thing in investing, while the jury is still out on direct investments, the world of money is always changing, so don't get lured into thinking there isn't anything more to know. But the big lesson... It pays to be beautiful. That's why I am all about that skincare. I got my face mask on right now. Got a dermaplaning appointment tomorrow. And then Joe and I are headed to get this thing called a brosillion. Hey, Joe, what is a brosillion? It's a massage, right? A, pe- a pedicure? Please, like hair extensions? Please tell me it's hair extensions. Thanks to Rich Compson of Fidelity for joining us today. You can find out more at fidelity.com. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. The show is written by the brilliant Paulette Perhatch, with help from Joe, me, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. After you listen to our show, check out the 201 Deep Dives, written by our website manager and blog editor, Brooke Miller. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just go to stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is our social media coordinator and the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So, say hello when you see us posting online. Here's a weird fact. Both she and Tina Eichenberg are never in the same room at the same time. To join all The Basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com basement. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at The Stacking Benjamin Show. 
Not only should you not take advice from these dorks, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. Don't want the show to be over yet? You want some more big tips? Okay, fine. We'll bring them to you and we can both hang out here a little longer. Thanks to Navy Federal Credit Union because becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union lets you experience more. From everyday commutes to your next big vacation, the flagship credit card earns you three times the points on travel so you can get rewarded for wherever you're headed next. And you already know the stackers, but if you're not paying your bills your credit card bills off in full. You want to ignore rewards. However, if you are somebody playing the reward program, by the way, you want to listen in on Friday. We're going to dive into rewards even more on Friday, but the Navy federal flagship credit card, three times points on travel, and you can get rewarded for wherever you head next. Plus the premium travel card has an low annual fee of $49 and two times the points on all purchases outside of travel, meaning the rewards don't have to end even when the vacation does. And speaking of rewards, if you are struggling with your automobile and you need a more reliable ride to work and that emergency fund isn't big enough to pay cash for your car, well, Navy Federal Auto Loans will help you with that new car. Applying is easy. You can do it on their mobile app, online, or by phone. It's so fast. You can get a decision in seconds. They have great rates on auto loans plus with their car buying service powered by True Car, you can shop, compare, and get upfront pricing on your next new or used car. You know, over time, this argument's changed. It's been for a long time that used cars made a bunch more sense than new cars, but lately, man, the used car market is so expensive. And I love that True Car car buying service has saved me thousands of dollars. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federals insured by NCUA, open to the armed forces, the DOD veterans and their families. Flagship rates are variable and range between 10.74 and 18% APR based on creditworthiness. ATM fees for cash advances are up to $1 at non-Navy Federal ATMs. Credit and collateral subject to approval. Message and data rates may apply. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information and to apply. So my son is, uh, my oldest is 15 and he is for the first time ever on a sleepaway camp. That's, I don't know the official terminology, but you know, like summer camp basically. And he went with a couple of his buddies. I looked at the agenda. It's a kind of churchy camp. So I looked at the agenda. There's a lot of thinking time and learning, uh, but it's in the mountains. It's in Colorado. So, you know, I mean, you got to sprinkle in some, some cool stuff like hiking and, you know, I don't know what the heck they're going to do. Microbreweries. Fly fishing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
not my cup of tea as the as it relates to the trip. So that's why I'm not at it. Uh, also, I wasn't asked, so that worked out really good in my favor. So they left Dallas. So the trip was leave Dallas in a bus at 9.50 at night to arrive in Estes Park sometime in the late afternoon the next day. So they could like optimize oh. the time there. <laughs> I was like, hey, no Jesus. <laughs> this sounds like the way Joe <laughs> travels. Be- well, yeah. Nothing better than a bunch of super tired teenagers in the afternoon. That sounds yes. optimal to yes. me. Yes. So here's the text messages. So I'm like, hey, man, have a good night. I'm going to bed. When I, when I wake up, hopefully you guys will be in Colorado. Safe travels. Let me know if you need anything. Okay, thanks. Like, if you have a teenager, you know how, like, text message replies are generally like, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> hopefully you wake up. Hopefully. Have fun. I've got, uh, when we were talking about video games, I'm going to play his video games while he's gone. So then at 7.40 Monday morning, hey, I see you stopped for breakfast. 8.40, good morning. And then he writes back, good morning. We ate at McDonald's. I will never take my bed for granted, ever. I could barely get any sleep on the bus. We got like five hours. I wrote, oh, okay, well, sleep when you can. Yup. So then Monday afternoon or evening, he texts, good night, cannot text anymore. So he texts a couple of pictures and some beautiful pictures of Colorado and Estes Park. Here are some pictures. So it's like three pictures. One was hailing, by the way. He's like, oh, yeah, and it's hailing. <laughs> so he's, he's definitely. So then this morning, he sends a whole bunch of pictures early this morning. And I'm like, at like 630 in the morning. He's sending the, like, what's this, the 530? Holy cow. And it's like, you know, pictures of the sunrise. So I, I wrote and I said, oh, man, this is awesome. It's cool and all, but we had to wake up at 4.30, and basically it's a leg workout. The picture was on top of the mountain we climbed. I go, hey, I hope you're having fun. It's a pretty cool view. Yeah, but we're all really tired now, and it's just the start of the day. <laughs> it sounds like he's having a hell of a time. <laughs> it's cool. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, the, I saw the sunrise from the top of a mountain. It's cool and all, but it was like basically a leg workout at 4.30 in the morning, so now I'm all tired. Did you enlist him? <laughs> he gets an all night bike ride. Bus ride, yeah. <laughs> all, night, all night bus ride, and he's they're waking him up at four thirty for a hike. Yeah, I think your kid's in the Marines now. He's going to air quote camp, Doug. Air <laughs> yeah, quote yeah. camp. Yeah, Dad, why is why why am I wearing camouflage? That's right. Yeah, remember in the in the, like the 1950s. I mean, none of us remember this, but but, but they used to make these uh, these novelty songs, you know, and they actually hit it big on the radio. This reminds me of one of those old novelty songs, the the trip that your kid is on. Hello, mother. Camp is very entertaining, and they say we'll have some fun if it stops raining. I went hiking with Joe Spivey. He developed poison ivy. You remember Leonard Skinner? He got ptomaine poisoning last night after dinner. And it goes on and on about how great camp is. And I thought about that that entire that entire story. Yeah. Just how living the dream, man. 
Yep. I, I love, I will never take my bed for granted again, dad. <laughs> ever. <laughs> There's a period and then the word ever in capitalize. Yeah, it was, uh, oh, I love, I love having my kids have experiences. Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG, who spent time in the military. Of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. 